Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. Hi. Who are you guys? We Aborigines. Aborigines, eh? Hi. And who are you? Me? I'm an... I'm an astronaut. Astronaut? Yeah. Well, what do you do here, astronaut? I came up here because uh, a buddy of mine's getting ready to uh, fly overhead, up in outer space. And I'm going to be talking to him on that dish, helping him out. Fly over? Yeah. You block do that too? <laughs> Are you saying you do that yourself? Nah, not me, mate. Not me. See that old block there? He know. He know the moon. He know the star. And he know the Milky Way. He'll give you a hand. He know. Well, we're sure going to need all the help we can get. Well, now we come on to our special gift section. The contestant is Karl Marx, and the prize this week is a beautiful lounge suite. <laughs> now, Karl has elected to answer questions on the workers' control of factories. So, here we go with question number one. Are you nervous? <laughs> the development of the industrial proletariat is conditioned by what other development? The development of the industrial uh, bourgeoisie. Yes, yes, it is indeed. You're on your way to your lounge suite, Carl. Question number two. The struggle of class against class is a what struggle? A what struggle? A political struggle. Yes, yes. One final question, Carl, and the beautiful lounge suite will be yours. You going to have a go? You're a brave man. Carl Marx, your final question. Who won the cup final in 1949? <laughs> the workers control the means of production. The struggle of the urban proletariat. No, it was in fact Wolverhampton Wanderers who beat Leicester 3-1. Ty Webb. Heavy Longmire. Gustave Mateblanc. Is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second? This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato. Enlighten me. Well, I got actually one more thing on the. Uh, did you hear the musers the uh, other day talking about? Craig up at the Inuit. He was up no, in Alaska town. that Alaska talk. It, it was great, but he mentioned that, you know, the native people up there, like, they were all intoxicated the right. whole time. And um, and I think, I, I don't know, that got me thinking, like, there's all there's these two different academic explanations. There's one people saying, you know, it's a socio-whatever thing that, you know, uh, don't have any opportunities right. turn to alcohol. And then there's the belief that it's evolutionary type thing. Yeah, where, I, and I think that some of that genetic uh, proclivity stuff. I think I know that was a hot button a long time ago. I think they a lot of people have uh, 
sort of moved, eased up on it. Like eased I, up I, on that. I think you realize that you know if the little genetic ticks don't make a difference right. in the big scheme of now, things. But interestingly enough, you know the Aborigines in Australia have a incredibly high rate of alcoholism. I think I have the explanation. I've never heard this before. I have a theory. This is me um, um, completely guessing, and uh, so don't take this for anything. Right. I think it is degrees of agriculture. Like, I think in areas where there was agriculture for thousands of years, I think you have excess food, so you produce alcohol. Right. That's interesting. And then you drink it, and then the people that have resistance to it they pass on their genes. Those who don't weed it out uh, fairly quickly. That's a fascinating. I've never have thought about that hypothesis. And, and here's part of my reasoning. So you know, you get people. Uh, we get the immigrants from Mexico uh, all the time. I don't know. I mean, probably the same percentage as you know, whites or blacks or whatever uh, of alcoholics. Like you go and see the Mexican guy. He's pretty much Indian, and he buys the twelve pack of Bud Light for him and his two buddies on Friday night. And I'm thinking. You know, this is a moderate amount of alcohol, you know, but, right. the, but, and I, I think it's because that's people in central Mexico had agriculture for thousands of years. And then I think you probably, my guess would be you'd see a higher percentage in Cherokee, Choctaw, those groups, because they only got alcohol or not alcohol, uh, well, alcohol and uh, agriculture a couple hundred years, but I bet it's a much lower percentage than uh, people in Alaska. And like Plains Indians that never got out of That's an interesting hypothesis. I, I, I don't know. You know, the Aborigine, they have a big problem not just with alcoholism, but also huffing. Like they're huffing, mm, like, okay. Um, especially in the more isolated communities. Well, that could disprove me if it's, the if it's they're, they're, they're stealing the gas to huff it and going to their dreaming time. So I don't know, but it's certainly a, a substance abuse problem with that. So, I think there's some interest to yours. And I kind of want to bring up, me and Ryan got the buddy who's a Comanche. Like, he's a, he's a quarter, but he's officially recognized right. by the tribe. A quarter, that's that's a lot of... A lot more by, than... By m- modern standards, that's a lot, yeah. And he's getting um, full rides. To, like he, he got a full ride to Yale. He actually took one to Vanderbilt. But the guy, I mean, he's got his shit together. But he said in early age, like, he's not even trying alcohol. So, like, I'm, I'm wondering, I mean, that's a smart decision, it seems yeah, to me. Yeah, especially but when you see it, the impact it has on, you know, either your family or your community in yeah. general. Yeah. So, anyway, that that got me thinking about that. And then Craig mentioned that on, on the Musers, and it got me thinking about it even more. So, well, <laughs> in the video game where the Inuit girl gets her, her right. fox killed. Yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot of experience with the Inuits, but I certainly, uh, I've known some some Oklahoma folks that definitely have some maybe a higher proclivity uh, of alcoholism in their families and stuff then i think this is a question that people probably don't want answered but i think it's something that you could easily answer you just go and you say this tribe we know anthropologists this one they got out uh, agriculture this is the percentage of deaths this is when you know right do we know of mesoamerican examples of alcohol yeah, chicha beer. Chicha beer? So they would drink it, and um, actually the Aztecs had um, like laws against alcohol. And that's the, the other the counter-argument is that it's just they had the social stigma, like don't drink a lot, whereas a lot of those tribes didn't have that until right. it was introduced by. So while we're 
on the subject of Mesoamerica, I am fascinated in general with how early man figured out what to eat and what to use medicinally. And on the the surface, when you're just thinking of the basic, can I eat this or can I not eat this? That kind of makes sense. You know, they see animals eat it. They try it. You know, it makes them sick. They don't eat it anymore. That type of thing. But when people start combining things, now in modern man, we know that you could open up your cabinet and you could just start putting things together and see what happens because you know that. Mm -hmm. But like in Central America and South America, the people that make ayahuasca, they're using a some type of part of the of a plant that has DMT. But DMT by itself is not effective if you orally ingest it because the stomach acid it doesn't hmm. it's not psychoactive because of that. So those people also took some other plant that acted as an MAOI inhibitor which gets into some heavy-duty biochemistry. But often it's like, not just, oh, this is a berry. We're talking about bark from the root of some tree. So it's next-level extrapolation of, oh, I'm going to use this part of a plant to put with this. I bet you're overthinking it. No, no, no. Seriously, we're talking levels of these two plants don't go together type thing. But they've made a, they ha, these primitive people and sometimes like lower culture than the Aztecs and the, and the Incas and stuff. We're talking out in the jungle. Okay. And they have come up with this and it makes it work. And they don't, and they don't all use the same exact plants. You know, there's different ones that they use, different tribes. And they've come up with this concoction that works biochemically. I bet it's to be hallucinogenic. Over the thousands of years, people, you know, eating all different combinations of food. I bet at one point somebody just happened to have that combination and is like, dude, I just got fucked up. And they're like, what'd you eat? No, I get that. I, you know, like for like, uh, for like magic mushrooms or something like that or coca leaves or something like that. That part I get. But to take it to say, dig up the, the, root of that tree and then shave off the bark to get this. Hmm. You know, if it was just eat this and eat this together, that would be one thing. But when you have to start cultivating, you know, have to start extrapolating a specific portion that's subterranean of a tree to get there, that's some next level. I wonder if the bark was good for something else too. Like, but then again, why are they, I guess you, well, I mean, I get like, you know, you can go chew aspen bark yeah. and that has salicylic acid, which is aspirin. So, you know, lots of Native American tribes that lived in those areas where aspen trees, they used it as a, you know, a pain reliever. That makes sense. But when you start digging up a tree, a root of a tree to eat, that's, that's an extra level. And then plus put it with this other piece. Well, I, I honestly think the combo is going to get put together at some point. Somebody's going to get fucked up. Then word's going to get out quick. This fucks See, you I don't up. Think it, I, I, I don't think it's accidental like that. Because I get how people 
on different continents came up with fermentation. You just that's let, easy, yeah. You let stuff sit too yep. long, and they didn't want to waste it, and they tried it, and they got a buzz off yep. of it. That I get, but that next level, and then you know, as people progress in civilization, they figure out how to do a little bit more with what they already know. It's just like people that make better recipes all the time for stuff. You know, it's not they, they don't see that they're breaking any new ground, but when somebody creates something new. It just builds up higher on the pyramid. But that other level of of putting things together, before you realized this is what you do to make things stronger. Maybe you're just bored and want to make things kick-ass. Do, do you think the cactus has some tiny effect without the other thing, and then maybe they were doing it just to light buzz and then... I, from what I've read... And I've never done DMT, so I don't know. But um, we smoke banana peels and shit like that. But DMT, that that level is, if you ingest it, it's not orally active. Okay. Well, shit, I don't know. If they then. came up with this kooky combination to to do it, so I don't know. That's it's always just fascinated. And maybe it is as simple as somebody figured it out one time. It just accidentally took it, got fucked up, and but these people didn't figure out how to make fire. Man, I think I'm betting this is like a big Indian civilization that came up with it. Maybe, well, actually, maybe not because I bet it would be the the nomads are eating everything. They're trying to find everything because they say that nomadic people they eat 73 different types of food, whereas you know you get to early agricultural societies they're eating like three or four or five. Right. So maybe it's just those guys are just scrambling for everything. They happen to come across that combo. Maybe you want to hear. Uh, I'm all open for whatever. I got a... So this is my new fascination. My last fascination was the the Conimal... Well, not Conimal. Conimal. What the fuck is that? The uh, house. The uh, self-sustaining house. The, okay. Uh, um, I think that I could do that if I had money. I'm never going to have money. I'm never going to have the land to do it. But um, I think that... My re- worry would be your internet. Because you've got to have internet to... I do. And that's... I mean, that's a, another thing I'm wondering is... I was thinking about monopolies. We've had in Blockbuster. They mentioned all these Blockbuster clothes, and Blockbuster was his powerhouse, but it was taken down by new powers emerging. Right. And we've seen that happens naturally over time. Like new something comes out and it knocks the old thing out of the way. Sure. But cable companies, they they've managed to hold this fucking monopoly for forever. And they, you know, I paying politicians whatever, but I. I don't know if there's an alternative coming out anytime soon. I've heard of the balloons with the internet, and I've heard of all this yeah, other stuff. Yeah, I've heard stuff. crazy stuff. Like, we live just outside of town, maybe about a mile, not even a mile outside of town, and we are the tail end of old-school copper DSL lines that used to be Verizon, but now at Frontier, who mm. bought off Verizon. And the guys that every once in a while will have to, it will have trouble and they'll come out and the, the guys, they apologize. They're like, we're sorry. This is so shitty, but we don't ever see them unless somebody builds like a new subdivision past you and somebody buys up a bunch of land and builds a new thing. Frontier's not going to come lay fiber optic. Like it's never going to get there. So I've looked at, we, for a little while, we tried satellite. And that was faster, but with a wife and three kids all streaming and tying back to your screen time thing, now my kids are either 
One of them's playing on the Xbox online, like Fortnite, and also maybe streaming YouTube on his phone. Yep. One, the other one's either on his computer playing or watching something on his phone or watching something on Roku. My daughter's either watching Roku or YouTube, and then my wife's watching on the Roku. And then I'm having to work and use VPNs and stuff and complaining. We sucked up the the allotment for data with uh, Dish Network for the month in about ten days. They burned yeah, through. I remember. It. I remember. I think you you had yeah. t- talked about and this. Thro- then they throttled us. And yeah. Like, no, we got to go back to the DSL. Recently, I had. Called a place that was doing rural internet and talking about their speeds, and I think it was radio based. And I don't understand the technology behind that; I haven't investigated it. But they came, and they didn't even come to the house; they just drove by. And they're like, "Nope, can't do it. You got too many trees. You'd need radio least- based. I never heard of that. Yeah, uh, they said you need at least like a forty, if not fifty foot tower, and that's." A couple of thousand dollars for a solid tower that tall. Wow. And I'm like, screw that. And it wasn't just my trees. I mean, partly, but there were other neighbors, their trees and stuff. So my only hope to ever getting faster internet short of a new technology emerging would be some asshole to buy somebody's farm past me down the road and turn build a subdivision on it. That'd be my only choice, a chance of ever getting... Man. Decent internet. That stinks. But, you know. It, it just stinks the whole situation that we're relied on these companies that are consistently shitty. So shitty they have to change their name. And and, we, and they keep, you know, they don't die out like everybody else, like every other company. Right. And so, yeah. Well, when you get into, and, you know, people argue whether or not internet is a utility. And I would argue now it is. But. When you get into utilities and whether or not they're privatized or they're nationalized or you know whatever you know co-opted, that's a that's a gray area that I've seen you know traveling around the country. I've seen it all ways, and I don't think any of them are good. Yeah, you I mean, know, I'll be in a state Tennessee Valley Authority shit. Yeah, I'll be in a state where it's the power company is a public works company. And it's just fucked up. And then I'll be someplace like Texas where it was used to be TXU and now it's Encore and everything. But it's just a – there's no good. I, I'm, I'm going to argue, and this is the, the, the shitty argument people don't like to hear, is private but heavy regulated. And people I, don't I, like it's that. probably the best, yeah. And even though it goes against my libertarian ideals, I realize pragmatically that, yeah, that's the best because public – uh, you know, I public utilities where they're uh, a state-run thing, like you said with the TVA. I and hell, the core engineers—they make all kind of dumb decisions. Yep, I have to agree. We got some Twitter questions. Um, can I give but, my yeah, crazy go theory? Yet? Do, yeah, go ahead. So my new my uh, new crazy thing is I'm uh trying to convert the uh base language and the clock. And, um, are we going back to your, your language? Yes, but it's all, I'm converting that to also be how we tell time and seasons and language and tying them all together. Cause I have a, a crazy belief that the, and this is playing this God of War game, this kind of tied into it. 
that we basically need teaching tools to learn something new. And I, I think that like the Egypt, oh, this might be too crazy. No, go. Keep. All right. But I, I think like the Egyptians, like, uh, created gods, not because they truly believe like Ra or whatever, you know, caused plants to grow. And I don't think that the Norse thought Thor actually created lightning, but I think they taught it, you know, came up with these because it, it got kids to listen. Like, all right, when Thor's around getting the hammer, fucking pick the carrots out of the ground or something like, like it's like Batman or something like you're teaching through Batman. Like, um, so I definitely could see that with the Egyptian aspects of, and I can't remember which goddess or God was associated with the moon. Horus. Is it Horus? I have no idea. I can't remember, but, that definitely corresponds with the flooding of the Nile and that tied in. So I could kind of see that. Now there's some other aspects that I can't because you, when you start getting into to death and stuff like that, maybe there, yeah, you know that, but I, I certain aspects and, and I think that it's very, and I know we have to, but I think it's very dangerous for us to look at primitive man, no matter where they were in the world, and look at it through our modern eyes. Yep. Because yeah. we, whether you believe in, you know, macro or micro evolution, there's no doubt that the mind of somebody 5,000 years ago is not like the mind of somebody today. See, I think it's pretty close, man. That's, so, I, I, I disagree. I think, I think that, you know, I don't know. I, I think that they we have basic needs, you know, want to eat, fuck. I'm sorry. I, yeah, we guess cuss yeah, we say all the yeah. time. All, the, all this other stuff. And uh, we laugh at the same shit for the most part. We, you know, maybe not the exactly the same. I, I definitely think culture plays a factor in everything. But I, I just think the base human is, is so similar, you know, that... that See, I would, and I'm not a psychologist, but I would imagine that the IQ level has to rate higher now than even 200 years ago for the general populace. I bet it's just from nutrition, though, not not evolution. Well, I mean, that that could be. Okay. I could be wrong about that. I, I'll, I won't. I, I would. I would concede that without a doubt. But at the same time. Better those that had better nutrition probably were able to, like we we're talking about, Aboriginal tribes that didn't have agriculture. So maybe the ones that did, they passed on stronger genes. You know, you get into like a eugenics type of thing where whoever had the best opportunity, they procreated more and had a higher survivability rate. So there's that aspect too, although. The idiocracy theory at the start of that, that kind of flips that on slid, but only that comes from prosperity where the dullards are able to fuck like rabbits yeah. and survive. Oh, man, that's give me a completely different argument there, but you did get me thinking about, uh, so, you know, I'm reading all these old, old documents and you have the elite who always say they're better than other people. Sure. And, you know, I, I think they legitimately could knights and all this stuff could beat up the other guys but I, I do think it's because they got better nutrition and they got better fed and better education and stuff like that and i think 
Yeah, and I think, well, I, I, I could be wrong about that, but I, I... No, I could definitely see that. I think as we've gotten into the modern age, I think that that gap has certainly narrowed where that edge might not be as strong of an edge as it once was. So if you're a a peasant in 1066 in England, you're probably nowhere near on any metric as good as some knight in that same area because of, you know, like you said, education, sleeping in a warm place, you know, you're not covered in lice, you're just better equipped to to do things. Yep. Whereas if you're just struggling to survive, you're not going to be the best that you, you can be. You don't have any muscle mass. You don't yeah. Have, yeah. But anyway, uh, so I, I've already talked about my language, I guess. But um, but no, go ahead, because some people may not have ever heard your, so basically, your new language. English is stupid. I think vast majority, all languages we have on Earth are stupid, and, and there's a reason for it. They change over time. There's nothing you can do to prevent that. We've tried to come up with better languages, Esperanto. Um, they've all got tons of problems with them. But I think we're at, at a point now where you can determine what we need you know, to communicate most efficiently using computers, and we can come up, we can kind of determine the easiest way for humans to learn this. And I, I also think uh, you'd have to, this is something different, but have to attach it to pop culture, which is my idea with the gods there. But... I think we can come up with a language that is easiest to write, easiest to speak, most efficient, and with consistent rules that you're not going to break. Like I think we have computers that are at the point that we can develop something and uh, to replace our current language. I, I don't. I'm doing a bad job explaining no, I, this. I, so I can kind of get what you're saying. Okay. I don't really speak any other languages fluently. I know a little bit of French, and I took way too much Latin in college. And both of those are heavy on both gender and tense structure. And they're completely different, you know, on certain things based on is this a, a female or a male. And every time you do the tense and you try to identify the male and female, you have to stop down for, you know, a second to, yeah. to figure out what's right. I'm arguing that even a person who speaks that language perfectly has to stop down for a really, really tiny second or whatever, uh, just because it's a weird rule in their brain, even if that's all they've ever known. So I, I was just thinking that if you could create something to break this down into the simplest way to where you don't have to worry about spelling like you have to do in English, right. worry about gender like you do in Spanish or French, that it would allow the humans to clear think more clearly because i'm telling you i think about how to choose words like there are words in the english language that just don't make sense like uh uh the prefixes suffixes don't work because they're picked up from you know some other language or something and and it, like right now you, it takes a second to think about them and your brain just can't get as many thoughts in so anyway i'm, I'm coming up with a language me and the computers to where you and the computers yes to when the the computers to where you and skynet Yep, Skynet, and then we're gonna, and I'm also gonna make it to where it's easy to type. I I can't, don't know if it's gonna be base ten or base eight because this is also gonna be used for the clocks. But if it's base eight, you can type most of the stuff with your left hand, and then uh, anyway, now, whatever. Now I'm I'm 
So I have it color coded as well. So I'm I'm very interested to hear about this this time issue. Okay. All right. So imagine the clock. All right. When you look at a clock, just black and white, one through ten. All right. All right. Well, my clock would be you mean one to twelve. One, oh, that's mine. My, yeah, one through twelve, which is fucking stupid. Twenty four hour day. That's so arbitrary and dumb. All right. Okay. So mine's either going to be one through ten, or or one through eight, or one through sixteen. It's I don't know yet. I mean, whatever okay. the computers tell me, the most efficient way for humans to learn, and um, it's going to be color coded. So anyway so like midnight would be dark and you wouldn't even need the numbers and then i'm not doing a good job of explaining this but it also you could tell there'd be 10 months during the year and you'd have you're not going to get rid of time zones are you i don't think so but we're going to have 10 time zones so whatever the base number is that's how many time zones we're going to have and I've carried this over into politics. I'm crazy about this because I think we're wasting so much time as human beings. I want to make things so much more efficient. 24 is stupid. When, you, when, you, when you're doing math, you have to think about AM, PM. You have to think about you know subtracting out of 24 instead of subtracting out of 100. Yeah, but you were in the military, so you should have had military time. It was be- That's better. Yeah, it's totally better. Cause- but it's not. It's still shit. 24-hour base is dumb. Well, I mean... So we created a time structure based upon our relative position in the cosmos. You can't change days, but you can change 24 hours and that'd be 24 hours. 24 hours could be 10 hours, 24 hours can be a million hours. And then when it came when when the international community started to standardize measurements, which I'm all for America being on the metric system. The metric system's dumb too, but it's better than it's what better we got. It's better than yep. better than the English system. Yep. Um, because in science, you know, I, I had to learn quick that we're throwing out all this, this bullshit and we're going metric. And it was just so much easier at that point. Cause I never had to, I never had to convert things to cups and to tablespoons and, you know, all that. and shit no, like that. No, it was just, these are, these are liters, deciliters, milliliters, decaliters, you know, just all down the line. And, and I've used them all, you know, micrograms and microliters and all that shit. But I don't like, well, really quick, I don't like the way they do it because it doesn't seem like it's good for humans. Like one meter being, what is that? It's size of ha- three, uh, three it's, feet it's, or something. It's a little over three feet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that just seems like a, a logical unit of measurement for human beings. Like it, it, yeah. just the base well, one. That, what's interesting to me is so with, with they all agreed on whatever it was and it was better than how it had been. Yes. But the interesting thing about time, they went and found something in nature to match what a second is. Oh really? What was it? Uh, it's, it's atomic and I can't remember what exactly it is, but it's how some, you know, something about decay. But anyway, they went and found because we had this arbitrary thing because for, our time, it's all based on the sun, the earth, and all that stuff. So, in rotations. But they went and found something to match up with it. Let me see what that is. So, keep talking while I look real well, quick. Well, okay. So, basically, I would just like everything to be standardized, interconnected with one another, you know, not have 24 hours a day, not have 24 letters of the alphabet, although, you know, you're kind of losing if you limit the number of letters of the alphabet, you limit create creativity. But I'd like it to be the same base for everything, just because I think it'd make math a lot easier. Okay, a second 
for the standard international unit of time is defined in terms of the natural periodicity of the radiation of a cesium-133 atom. That's arbitrary. That's yeah, I mean, that's but stupid. They, but they went and found, so they already had, this is how long a second is. And yep. they went and found something on the, an isotope on the atomic table and said, that's it. That's stupid. We should make it to where the most convenient unit of measurement for human beings, because that's what we are, so we... But we need something to measure it against. Just like they use a gram, they have a, a, you know, this is what a gram is. This is all that stuff. Everything has something. And as we've gotten more complex scientifically, we have stretched things out and found something in nature that matches it so that we could say, oh, there you go. That's it. Yeah. Whereas it used to be, you know, what was it? How far from the king's nose to his fingertip? But we could find pretty much anything. And, and like, so let's say this is the perfect time for a second. We could probably find an element decaying yeah. or whatever. Yeah, you could it find just, it where it was a second and a half. You could find whatever that, yeah. that was if you want to shift it to your base 10 structure. Like certain things, uh, like uh, starting at absolute zero with... Uh, temperature or whatever that kind of makes sense but then you could also adjust it to where freezing water to boiling water i don't even want to get no into i guess this. no yeah, I guess you could exactly set that to where that would be 300 to 400 and right. so humans we could just operate as if it's zero to 100 and we could screw around with the numbers to make it easier for us to understand our brains yeah i still struggle you know when i have to convert Celsius and Fahrenheit for for projects. It's stupid. It's I mean Fahrenheit's stupid. Celsius is better, but it's still stupid. Yeah, it, and it's it's one of those things. And then in, you're it, you're you, we're playing around with it. Celsius. It's what zero to forty or something. We don't even hardly ever use the rest of them. And it's just shitty math. Sorry, I'm no. It's all shitty math. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's. I think it's, we're it's smart enough to uh, found ourselves smart enough to to fix this stuff when the computers can help us simplify the whole fucking process. Well, when Skynet takes over, you and it can and you know implement your will. I'm pretty sure I sound crazy because of that that stuff, but uh, it's a little it's a little bit. But maybe you're a visionary. Yeah, yeah, and I, I yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, Only time will tell. I think we should also. And this is going to be even crazier, but we came up with nations on the planet based on such arbitrary, silly things like the United States is the way it is because the people of the Americas died off, allowing you know us to take over the whole continent pretty much, whereas Africa it didn't happen. Nations formed differently because people didn't die off, and then you had Europeans drawing just lines on a map for bullshit reasons, and you have like... There's no consistency to politics either. And anyway, I, I, I think we could uh, standardize that as well. So I'm going to standardize the states are dumb. States we have, except for Texas, um, but, but we have states that are five or what would be a thousand times bigger than other states. I don't know, Alaska and Rhode Island, maybe not a thousand, but it's pretty, pretty large scale. Yeah. So anyway, I want to standardize that also. Okay. Well, you're, you're really, uh, Standardize the. You're an innovator. No, I'm not. I'm I'm wasting my fucking time. You know, wasting my time is, is what I'm doing. But well, I will take these pamphlets that you're shoving across the table to me, and I'll start distributing them at coffee shops and tractor pulls. 
Okay. And and then people, if you adopt this, it'll make your mind clearer and you'll, that's you'll what, ascend to the next level. That's what tractor pull attendants are all about. They want Clear that. minds. They yep. really are lo- looking for more time to develop their... Uh, <laughs> You're underselling tractor pull people. I don't even I don't even know what a tractor pull is. I imagine it's pulling tractors, but I don't think I've ever Well, you get these souped up tractors and then they pull sleds weighted down for time. And so it's incredibly loud. It's like dirt track except with tractors okay. and less interesting. Okay. Cuz it's just down like it, it'd be like think about a football field with the bleachers. But instead of grass, it's just dirt, and these tractors roaring and blowing smoke and fire, trying to pull a sled of this weight. That sounds awful. My yeah, eyes just glazed and over. If you want to get the kids involved, they have junior leagues of it with souped-up riding lawnmowers for the same thing. All right, let's move to the Twitter questions. I don't want to talk about tractor pulls anymore. I think we've missed the tractor pull up by me, so. You see, my I got a graphic novel of the Communist Manifesto. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. It's, uh, it's actually I've, under those magazines I've right there. I've got the but, regular version. I mean, I don't have a graphic novel of it. It's not as a, uh, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I've only gotten a couple yeah. pages into it. Okay, well, keep me posted on that. I've, I've been reading some Marx lately. You know, I think communism's bullshit. Same here, um, but the capital I, scares me, or capital. Right, yeah. I, I do find it interesting, and it's and, and again, we have to look through it. And I know you know this more better than anybody, so I feel dumb saying it. But we have to look through it from the lens of the people at the time. I mean, the worker really had it shitty in eighteen eighty. Fuck yeah, they did. I mean, so I get what Marx and Engels were up to, but then I've seen what. Lenin and Stalin and Mao and but but then I also fear that some of the stuff he warns about like the capital starts controlling the state which like, always has yeah yeah I guess I mean you go back to even European times um, where but, kings were subject to merchants and churches and organizations that held all the the capital then had to borrow. To finance wars and yeah, all right, but he's saying then I don't think you're throwing away the culture. Like he'd argue, you're, you're throwing away culture based on cap. The culture becomes about the capital. Like and nowadays, I don't, I don't want to get into this. Okay. Uh, yeah, I because I, I don't want to sound like I agree with Marx, but I, I agree with certain aspects. No, I, of I him. think there's there's things that we can take away from it for sure. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I am fascinated right now and in my daily text to Trav, the West Texas Mennonite, our conservative tweets every day or text every day. He's not really a Mennonite, is he? No, he's not, no. Those guys are those guys have got it going on. I think they got shit figured out. Sorry. No, I mean and and I think there's different groups of Mennonites. I, I don't think that they are a monolithic group at, at all, but I certainly run into either, and I'm not sure if they're uh, or Hitterites. I can't remember. There's another group that are similar to that, but I see them at the Walmart. You know, you can spot them a mile away. The The boys and the men will be dressed a certain way, 
more modern trucker hats, jeans. That, that I guess is part of my argument. That's fun and that's different. And then the females are, they have a very plain dress yep. and their kerchiefs and, you know, their stockings and. The world's a better place for seeing those guys in Walmart on occasion, you know, but I'm worried that Walmart is going to get those guys to give up Mennonitism. Yeah, I don't know what the, uh, I mean, I know, I know the Amish, not that they're any, anywhere around here up in Oklahoma, there are some, but they have a pretty high retention rate for the hmm. Amish. I don't know about the Hitterite and the Mennonite communities. So I'd be interested to see I'd that. Be, that's good. Okay. Okay, we speaking of uh, some of our friends on Twitter and out there, KJ, our black friend, as we earlier identified him. You earlier identified him. I didn't even realize he was black until you said that. Because you don't see color, right? You do not. Nope. Does Brad think it's ironic that we've gone from a pretty successful no-snitching campaign to pretty acceptable to just video people on the reg? I think that's two different things, isn't it? Like, um... Well, it goes to that. Gotcha. I don't like the videotaping of people. I, I think it goes wouldn't. to the gotcha thing that we talked about a little bit. Like, I'm going to show everybody what an ass you are type thing. Huh. I didn't even think about that. I th- I, th- I was just thinking like snitching to parents, snitching to cops or something right. like that. Because I, th- I still think that's uh, looked down upon. But yeah, showing people to the public, that's become standard, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I think in the, it's certainly in... Lower income communities of all colors, doesn't matter what, but because I know, you know, in the white trash areas of the 903 area code, there is little likely to cooperate with law enforcement as if you were in, you know, any of the worst parts of Dallas or Atlanta or anywhere else. It doesn't matter. I think socioeconomic. Behavior crosses ethnic boundaries. I think it's you know if you're at the bottom end of the the financial spectrum, yeah, you're gonna treat authority the same way. Uh, That that reminds me, like I still think though, like I have that, um, like I'm. It's kind of weird because I I view a student that cheats as there's something wrong with this kid. It's it's bad because I'm I'm trying to be fair, but at the same time, like I don't. don't want to tell on people. Like I, I still have that. And when I was in the Navy, there was this kid, um, huge penis. He would put it in a hot dog bun, uh, and pretend the hot dog, uh, his penis was a hot dog. But we found out he was a cop informant. Like he would, when he was 18, he would go into bars, order a drink. And then if they gave him the drink, the cops would come in and right. bust the place. We stopped talking to that guy for a week when we found out about yeah, that. Well, I mean, that's do kids still. And I think, I don't know. I'm not, I, cause the, the kids that I'm around of that kind of age, you know, that high school age, they're quote unquote, the good kids. Yeah. You know, so I don't really know. And I think it's okay. I guess it's also, it's okay to tell on dumbassery. Like I don't mind snitching on people being dumbasses and acting like idiots, you know, like I don't, hello, this is a good question, but I don't know if I'm answering right. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think there's definitely, well, and this gets into one of those things where I think it's, there's a big difference between most people, how they see certain quote unquote crimes versus serious crimes. So like, yes, yep. You know, if you know somebody is growing weed 
you know, behind a shed somewhere. You telling them you're an asshole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Most people are going to just let that slide. It's not my business, whatever. But if you, you know, see that same guy burying a body behind that shed, yeah. that's different, you know. And I think you should tell them then. And also, I think if that guy's in his backyard, um, you know, acting like an idiot. Well, maybe he's in his backyard. His own backyard, he can act like an idiot. But like if somebody's out on the street doing dumbass stuff, like just acting like a fool or something like that, you can take a video and put him on YouTube. I think. Like I don't know. Maybe you can't. I don't know what I feel. I, I'm very torn between because that puts a judgment in the hands of people. I don't yeah. want to have that. And. I'm I'm as guilty as anybody. I'll you know if somebody posts a video of some white trash women acting up at a Sears and Mesquite, I'm gonna watch that. I don't watch that shit. I usually don't. I swear. I, I'll I, watch it and I'll be like, holy shit, you know. But I I don't think I would videotape them. But now you see, and so I know that you fought a little bit growing up. I never was because I was a lover, not a fighter. I got beat up a lot. But you see these ass kickings now with kids and then you see like obviously one person's filming it but there'll be like six other people all standing around filming it while somebody gets their ass i mean sometimes like criminally yeah because there's there's a difference between getting your ass kicked and getting getting your ass kicked and somebody stomping you you know and i think that's definitely something different now so i don't know kj maybe uh maybe those two aren't connected i don't know I feel I feel I feel I'm letting them down by not answering that very well. Well, maybe someday you can put everything together and make it better. Get a coherent thought. Let's see. We got one from Aaron saying, "Is Russell Crowe's new look to prep for a role as Randy Quaid?" I all I've seen of Russell Crowe lately is he's looking a little uh, middle aged, tubby. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. I think he likes to drink. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Speaking of Bo earlier, if in fact there is an ancient technique that could be learned to kill an enemy like the five-finger death punch, A, would you want to learn it? B, upon learning, would you teach others? C, would it be ethical to use that move to become king of America or a UFC champion? Boy, that's something I think about all the time because we all all used to think that you could just go behind somebody and snap their neck like no question like, like just, the movies yeah yeah and so if somebody learned that went to the UFC they could hypothetically win every match like by killing some someone right do you win a match in the UFC if you kill your opponent i mean they, they wouldn't probably wouldn't know they were dead at that that time they so they'd say this person's not responding so you know they're knocked out but then they well shit this guy's dead or whatever no, I wouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't teach anybody. Certainly, um, but then what would happen if it if when it dies when you die? Good. It's just good. Nobody should have that kind of power, right? I, I don't know. Now we've got that power with guns, which I don't like. I don't like that. I, like it disturbs me. I'm like going to give all my my guns to my kids when I die. I don't. I don't Pass like on I, that. Power that's the of thing death. I don't like about guns. Like I, I like the. The, you know, ability, I wish they could make guns that could just shoot somebody's arm off. You shot them, they lose an arm, but then, you know, they go on like, ah, shit, man. And they, you know, incapacitate it. I wish we could create a bullet. This is something I've wanted to ask you. I wish we could create a bullet or not a taser or something, but just something that could 
incapacitate somebody? Why can we put a hard rubber bullet in a gun? Oh, I, I mean, they do already. There's there's companies that make uh, rubber bullets and non-lethal or less lethal projectiles all the time. Is the reason we're not giving those to cops because we're afraid that they're going to use them more? Or, or is it like they're afraid the people who get shot by them would sue? I, actually, it's – and I, I'm not a law enforcement officer, but I think it's that they don't want to run the risk – of engaging a combatant and it not being effective, and I know and that's, that's what I'm wondering. Is, is so if, so if you look at if you look at how police were armed in the 20th century, up into the 50s, everybody had at the most a 38 special, which is has killed plenty of people. And if it's loaded right, that's a plenty powerful round. But it wasn't what they quote-unquote called a man-stopper. Okay. And then you had a couple of riders and gunsmiths that started developing stronger loads. And even though the traditional six-shooter of the cowboy era, that was loaded with calibers that were physically large shells and large bullets, like the forty-five long Colt, which is a about the same size as a forty-four Magnum when you compare them, it wasn't nearly as powerful around as what the forty-four Magnum was. And so, when the three fifty-seven Magnum comes on the scene, which you can shoot a thirty-eight Special out of the same gun, lots of departments jumped at the three fifty-seven because it was more powerful. It was more of a man stopper. And then you had these riders come up with the forty-four Magnum. And some other ones that never caught on, like 41 Magnum. 44 Magnum, Dirty Harry made that famous. So you had individual officers jump into that. And it kept going and going. And there were some things like speed, and not, not meth, but more like uh, Benzedrine and stuff like that, amphetamine. And then when we got into PCP, even though most... Um, Agencies never had any interaction with anybody in PC on PCP. That got to be oh, these it didn't these bullets didn't stop them. We need something more powerful, and so people kept escalating it up to where we're at now. Even though we hit a tipping point in the eighties, and they went away from the power for more capacity. Mm-hmm. So now you've got people with a Glock nine millimeter spraying seventeen bullets. Whereas somebody used to have six in the in the cylinder, and they would use six, so you got this tipping point where things shifted backwards to lower power but more capacity. But, but couldn't you load maybe the first two bullets up with hard rubber bullets and say, "Don't shoot unless you're intending to kill"? You could say that, but when it comes to when it comes to combat handguns. Most people, especially under stress, are going to just keep shooting. Okay. And even under the, the strongest schools like Gunsight and Jeff Cooper and Clint Wilson and stuff like that, those guys came up with things like the Mozambique drill where you shot two in the chest and one in the head. So the whole idea was to neutralize, basically kill, 
but take the person down, make them stop being a threat. Because it's not like the movies. People get shot and they don't just fall over. Especially if they're not even under uh, the influence of alcohol or some type of drug. If they're just under adrenaline, getting hit with a rubber projectile, which would... Right now, if we got shot with a rubber bullet, it would hurt like fuck, and we would roll around and hop around. Yeah. But we're at a low state. We're at a low pulse, low blood pressure. We're not amped up. There's no adrenaline pumping. But if you're engaging somebody that's already geared up, that rubber bullet might not do anything. But it might, and I think it 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 might. But usually where rubber or non-lethal things like beanbag rounds – Rubber bullets, those are usually used in uh, riot control and crowd control where they're trying to disperse a crowd that aren't inherently violent at the moment, like you're facing off somebody. Yeah. They're just trying to get people out of the way without killing them, and that's where they those things usually are seen. And, and all right, the thing, I guess, is police don't have an easy job. Like they, I heard on uh, them talking on the musers that – the average age uh, of death for a Dallas police officer was 73 because it's – or not 63, I'm sorry. 63. That's pretty – it's like 15 years shorter than the average. Right. Uh, and they say they think it's because of the stress of the job. you know. And I can see that. Eating and you, you, a lot of other things that come from it. But officers dying, it's it's like less than 20 a year per, what, 300,000 police? Yeah, it's, it's not – especially con- compared to other – occupations like logging or deep sea fishing yep. and stuff like that. It's not the most dangerous profession, but psychologically I think it has a much higher perception for them and us that it is a dangerous position. And it is a I mean, there's no doubt. It's much more dangerous than what you or I do. Oh you yeah. Well, well but you're right. You're right. You're right. I mean, you know, without a doubt. I, I do think something changed in the way that, and again, I'm not law enforcement, so I don't know the history of it, but there's no doubt the way that officers interacted in the 60s is different than how officers interact now. Yeah. And there's no doubt that we as a society interact with those same officers in a totally different way than we did then. Yes. I mean, because... Yep. We, you know, it's just everything's different. They could use a lot more latitude in nonviolent, I mean, non-lethal force. I mean, just the last episode, previous episode, I was talking to Ty and Heavy about watching chips. And both of them are carrying wooden batons on their hip. And in 1975, they were beating your ass with a wooden baton (laughs) if you resisted. So, you know, that's totally different than how yeah. officers interact now. And uh, you're talking about whole culture change, all that kind of stuff. But I'm just wondering if, uh, like, that, uh, there's a simple fix. Because the complex things, we're not going to do anything about it. We're going to complain one way or the other, but we're not going to do anything. But if you make something that's simple. How about net guns? Net guns? If that was real, that'd be awesome. I mean, it, there are some of those non-lethal beanbag companies that make them. The but it, but I think, you know, if I you guess. could wrap somebody up with like this, like Spider-Man like net, but there's so many, that's not practical. Cause I mean, aiming that thing and then it's getting caught it on would the be large. Cause it has to be big enough to 
but but when does it spread out? So you got somebody that's ten feet away doesn't spread out. In oh yeah, time. there's there's tons of logistic problems, and with that's it. what I'm saying. Like there, hypothetically, if it was a rubber bullet, it wouldn't be the logistics. It would be you're firing the same. Well, the other day we were watching Jackass. I think it was Jackass Two. I love that. And Johnny Knoxville and Johnny Knoxville gets shot with a rubber slug from a shotgun, and it drops him yep. in pain. But again, he's not, other than being scared of what's about to happen, he's not in an aggression-type situation. And then on, uh, I think that was Jackass 1, and then Jackass 2, him and Ryan Dunn and Bam Majera, they get shot with a rubber bullet-filled Claymore line, Claymore mine. Oh God, that's the equivalent scary, of yeah. that. And it didn't drop Knoxville. Oh, really? Okay. But it dropped Bam and Ryan. And I don't know if that was dispersal because Knoxville was in the middle, and that thing is kind of shaped. You know, you know how a Claymore is. It's it's built to spread out in a, a wide V. So I'm not sure if Knoxville didn't take as many as the other two guys did, or didn't take it in the leg, but. It's a pretty funny scene, and I would not want to be hit with it at all. But again, uh, the other thing with rubber bullets is you don't have the same ballistics that you're going to have with a metal projectile. That's that's one of the things I was wondering. So you're not going to have as inherent accuracy as you would with a metallic projectile, lead or copper. If that's the case, then my idea is bunk, but but like I, I was just wondering the level but of technology. For, for a short distance, I don't know that it would be would make a difference. Like from from me to your back wall or your kitchen, I think you'd be fine. But from me to out by the stairs, I think you'd start to you might have a problem, especially if you're trying to hit one person instead of But let's say so you're trying to hit this person the you misfire the first rubber bullet or whatever you're you're firing at them anyway you'll hit them with the regular bullets right after but in those i don't know how many people police kill a year thousand or something let's say but in a hundred of those incidents you, well in most of those incidents let's say fire the rubber bullet and misfires or doesn't take the guy down you end up killing them but in a hundred of those i bet the rubber bullet's going to take the guy down or the first two rubber bullets before, um, and so you don't have to kill them. Well, I, and I, I don't I, think that the firing the two rubber bullets would lead to a lot more police deaths. I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. I don't know. I, I I'm always I, I don't look at the statistics about law enforcement caused homic or you know not homicide but fatalities. I don't know if we, it seems perception wise because of the media and just the constant feed that we all get. It's become a, an issue where it feeds itself right. now. That it seems like there's a lot more than there used to be. But then again, in 1990, I only heard whatever was happening in Texas, yep. you know, or Oklahoma. I didn't know anything going on in wherever. So I, I, I don't have a sense of it. It does seem like. Lethal force seems to be used an awful lot. It does. And like the kid up in Denton with an axe or something, that kid's not going to. And then. Uh, well, but you know, when you get into. Yeah. I mean, people, people. And I'm not making any excuses for because I, I do have a problem with it. it. Seems like it seems people are trigger happy 
a lot more. But again, I don't know that that's true versus the other way of them beating the hell out of you with a baton in the old days. But if somebody is armed with an edged weapon and me to you, you're going to be able to close that distance before I can neutralize you and at least make contact. Yeah. Mythbusters prove that. Yeah. Right. Yep. And that's one of those things. And that's something that people point out a lot when it comes to gun versus knife is that it's not a guarantee. I'll give you a better example. That guy laying on the ground in that hotel. My wife actually was Facebook friends with the her. one where he's made the, they're out in the hallway and these, I, I could, I couldn't watch the shooting, but it's awful. It disgusted me. Like I, I yeah. And the guy, the SWAT officer, just showing up at the guy's door, like the thought that you could end, end somebody could end your life because you you don't respond the way they command you to. Yeah, you no, know? I agree. That's totally, and that goes to that sense that it does seem like there's more lethal force happening. Yeah, yeah, that's an awful video. I hate that. I, I, I couldn't. I, I thank God. I, I'd be nightmares of it if I actually watched. It. I had to, I could shut it off before the actual firing. But just hearing, like, if somebody in Where's that in the Constitution that you have to – and that's the whole thing with police in the Constitution that – and I don't want to be anti-police because I, I swear I understand they have a hard job. and um, But it just seems like it's this weird thing where you, you have to listen to people or you could lose your life, which isn't – it's not how the, the Constitution was. I that's agree. Not the government. I, yeah, I agree. I don't know what the answer is, though, I guess. is, is um, And I'm disturbed. Just like, you know, we're, we're, we're having a good time talking about – non-lethal things i'm very disturbed by the perception of how much lethal force is used or even if you just got shot i think that most of the time they can't you know there's countless instances where and we know about them now where somebody's um maybe doesn't have a full deck of cards that they're playing with and they can't follow the or they act erratic, and then, you know, that leads to it. I noticed that the town I live outside of, they had a program that they started, uh, the police, where if you have somebody in your family that has cognitive issues, that you can go ahead and, you know, just basically create a file, which in itself might have some problems, but with the police saying they live at so-and-so and they have a hearing problem where they can't, hear your commands or they may have a, a cognitive problem where they can't, you know, follow instructions, but they still shouldn't be able to show up. I know it, but you know, you see this, you've seen yeah. this time and time again where, you know, everybody in the neighborhood knows this guy is maybe yep. a little slow and then there's a police interaction and something goes wrong and then that guy's dead. Yeah. So, I don't, and I have problems with, you know, having to be on file. Oh, I, I hate gotta, it. Yeah. I don't like that. But if I had somebody in my family that was like that, I would probably consider, you know, talking to the police and saying, you know, this guy has a problem. He can't follow these instructions because it's turned into, again, and I think that's on the law enforcement side of perception of how high their level of risk is. And I don't, I, I wouldn't want to do the job. I don't deny that there is a level of risk, but it just seems like we're in this ever escalating level of involvement. Clips, two rubber bullets at the beginning of the clips. I just saw All right. the well, world's there problems. You go. Brad what else we got? It. Another one from 
Mr. Bo. I, I love Bo. I, I think so much less of not less of him, but I think I'm so differently. God, with think the, of I less. can't stop thinking of his penis. Like, Bo, I do not think less of you. You are uh, still a. Uh, I mean, the guy leads an amazing life. Like, and he's got so many stories. But all I can think about is that that penis thing. Well, there you go. All I can think about is that penis. Bo asks, in all of your travels and research, have you ever found anything that makes you feel like you've angered a spirit? Or something like a voodoo curse that, although probably just old chicken parts, could possibly ruin your life if curses are in fact real. Uh, on the fourth, this is maybe not a curse, but on the fourth floor of uh, UT's Nettie Lee Benson Library, it's um, it's just this. You, it's kind of a weird library because there's tons of books, but you have to go, huh? Books in a library. Well, but it's it's almost more like an archive where nobody ever goes to like the top. Three floors of it, so it's four so floors. There's people fucking in there. Easy, it would have been easy to do, but um, I was up there, you know, ten years ago when I first started working on on the last book, and um, I would be on the fourth floor, and it just made me uncomfortable. And um, I don't believe in ghosts. I wish I believed in ghosts, but I don't. But I kept hearing like books move in this back corner, and. Like I would get the chills on my spine and everything, and um, probably a, a draft or whatever. Uh, not a giraffe, a draft. Uh, but <laughs> that would be f- freaky if there was a giraffe running around the fourth floor of the library. But uh, I, I got downstairs and and I was telling the um, the person like, man, it's it's creepy up on the fourth floor, and and uh, it's like, yeah. Um, in the back corner, people have said that they've seen, and I think they mentioned it was a lady, Nettie Lee Benson, but, you know, seen a, a lady ghost or right. whatever. And so that kind of creeped me out. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I, I don't think curse. I've ever run into anything, but I'm not, I haven't closed the door on saying there's no such thing as ghost because there's definitely places where you feel more energy in the world. And I think that there's things that we as our perception isn't total like we think it is. Yeah, sure. So I don't know what that is exactly. You know, I I am a religious person, so I, I I'm quick to realize that even though I'm scientific minded and not trained, that I have to balance that out. So. I think there's other things that we just can't perceive net with our normal senses or even with some, you know, measurement until we adopt my language. Until and then, we adopt your language and our time system, then all will be revealed. Yes. After we eat the DMT and the ayahuasca and then everything will be be fine. Okay. Bo is also concerned about your dick. He asks, "How's your dick?" Well, he asked me, we we answered on the podcast uh Today, yeah, it's I guess. very boring now. No, it's average. No, it's. I'm telling you, like I, I crunch no, I mean numbers. Podcast since y'all don't talk about your dick anymore. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean it's it's true. I think that's what everybody liked, but uh, dick is doing average. All same, right, well, same same average it was doing from 18 to 28. That 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 made me pause for a second, and uh, yeah, that's interesting. I I I, I don't want to give any numbers. Or yeah, I don't want to get into well, it anymore. I was but. just fascinated when you had to beep. So that was. I don't want to know your numbers. I don't care. Oh, uh, it, yeah, don't, it's nothing. It, it, Cause crazy. it's probably, you know, it's probably better than me. I mean, I've, I've been, I, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I've been tied down like, for like 
almost 20 years, so I promise. Because so I, I don't think it... You're bragging. Now, yeah. you're not like your buddy that's like the king Fuck of... no. No, 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 we're near there. No, no, and I'm not... I'd say I'm, I'm bare... For my generation, I'd say I'm barely above average, if that. Right. But, but I think kids that are born in 70s... Are fucking more than... Fucking the, more than anybody before or after them. That's my theory. Because it's post-AIDS, right. for the most part. But it, you know, sexual awakening well, I, and, I, but before. I, I think we're discounting the people that would have been in their late teens, early twenties during the seventies. I, I still think, think there was some, some holdover from the Christian. Yeah. You know, but boy, there was some fucking going on. Oh, there was some fucking, but I bet it was by a few people. Like I bet some of the few people were, were crunching those numbers. So if we up. have any listeners that fit into that criteria, let us know because. We're all about anecdotal evidence here. Yes. Yeah. We don't know scientific basis. Just, I mean, but, and you know, I've always thought that, and I know Masters and Johnson and the Kinsey Report, and they, they made huge strides, but they're still having to interview people. And I guarantee, especially in that time frame, most people were not telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that book, uh, Big Lies in the Internet, will tell you or whatever. Yeah. I guess it, it can't answer how many people, but but he answers some interesting questions. I don't think the Kinsey report can answer. Like he said, five percent of people Google gay porn. Oh yeah, and so five uh, percent of males do, and so that I think that pretty much says it's about five percent of the population right. is gay. I doesn't say for female. That's one thing he said is that um, straight women, you know, a lot of lesbian porn. But oh I, yeah, that's that's. But then so, you get into spectrum stuff, and I I don't know. It's very. Uh, I do think that that's one thing that's got they got right that it's not there are people that are exclusively heterosexual in their proclivities, but then there's people like oh yeah you know and there are people that argue well I don't want to watch any porn that has a guy's dick in it that's you know well that's 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 extreme that's uh, that, but there are people that are like that yeah okay okay I, I don't know. I don't think that they're the majority in any way, shape, or form. They're probably a small minority. I can't have a a really gross dude. I can't watch Ron Jeremy in porn. So that well, early I, I Ron Jeremy that or late I'm Ron Jeremy, gay because I I don't want the man to be distractingly gross. Well, early Ron Jeremy was nowhere near as gross as the Ron Jeremy that you think of right now. I'm not I'm not being a Ron Jeremy advocate here. Yeah, but like not. 19- well, I'm just saying, using him as an example. Yeah, but. Yeah, I know. I get it. It's just like, and this goes again, the difference between men and women in general. I think we have a lot more latitude about what a woman looks like if you're a man versus what the guy looks like. Like, I think, I I think you're saying, okay, I don't want to see gross, but you don't really nitpick about what the guy looks like. You're, you're right. Yes. Yep. Whereas but, but the woman, she's got to have yeah. the, this exact dimensions. And whereas if they're gross, that's one thing, but if it's just yeah, generic right. guy, yeah. yep. No tall, problem, short, that's whatever, yep. you know, whatever, it doesn't, you don't really care. Okay. Uh, I think is probably, whereas, Ooh. so I'm not gay. Thank Thank goodness. Well, I've been worried completely. about that. Okay. Just, I mean, just a little, little. All right. I'm and fine. That's okay. It's fine. Right. We live in a, like, it's kind of neat. We live in a world where it's you can spectrum. be a little bit gay. Like I was uh, at Vegas a couple of years ago, and um, I, you know, people come up go to the strip club, and I felt comfortable saying, "No, I'm not going to your strip club. Stop bothering me. I'm gay." And I didn't feel, you know, that was a, a valid excuse. Okay. It wasn't a valid excuse, but it was 
an easy way. I didn't feel ashamed to lie to say I was gay to not to have them stop bothering me about going to the strip okay. club. Well. Whereas before, it'd have to be. I don't want to go to a strip club because I don't have money or I've got right. to go to my grandma's You're just or speaking power to truth, you know, yes. basically. Are there many gay strip clubs? No, no, no. So he was asking me to go No, to I know. A, I'm just asking that in general, you know. I'm sure there's got to be. I mean, it's not something you hear well, a lot about. why would you need it? You just go into the bar and, and I think guys are more open to. I do think it's easier to get random sex as a gay man. Yeah. For sure. So you just skip past the But you never hear about drinks. A, or I say you never hear. I don't think I've ever heard about a gay strip club. You hear about strip clubs like Le Bears that had men, but those were for women. I'm sure some guys went I know there. I've heard of a gay strip club. I I, I know I've heard of one. I, I just can't think of one ever. I, I, but you're a world traveler. I, I don't. I can't think I've of one right one. now. Uh, but I, I know there was. Uh, I know I've seen one. All right, we got one more Twitter question from the aforementioned Tell. Oh no, that's something else. That's something about me developing ammunition for the Navy. Okay, this one is actually from uh, Hollywood Hernandez, man of the country club. And he asked, how do you think Santa Ana would do as a Call of Duty teammate? Hmm. I think he would do good at calling the shots. Yeah, I mean, he's not really a frontline guy. Combatant. Well, I mean, he got his leg shot off. Like, I, uh, he, I mean, Yeah, but I mean, that was from a cannon, though, right? Yeah. So that's some distance there as a general rule. I mean, in the in the Battle of Medina, which is the the big thing of, the, of my book, like that, he he was up there getting in the shit. Um, he got his another battle, he got his arm shot off. So when he's a young guy, he was getting up in the shit, and and I think that he was good at inspiring people. I don't think he was. I think he was shitty at strategy. So like, I think he'd be better than guys that are bitching, like the guy I had to tell to take a nap. So he'd be good good on the headset. I think he'd be good at. Telling people to rally and and right. you know we, we we can do this guys but um but then you say we can do this guys and then go into a room where explosives are everywhere and kill them so I don't think he'd be as shitty as people think he'd be that'd be interesting to to uh, if you could take your great military leaders of history and put them into a Call of Duty or Fortnite or whatever you want to uh, tourney, mm -hmm. Overwatch, if you will, and see who comes out. I think they'd be bothered by the rules they're set under. Like, they'd probably be like, well, I'm just going to hide under this bush. No, you can't hide under the bush because the area is closing around you in Fortnite or whatever. Right. But, yeah, I mean, that'd be that'd be interesting. You'd have to give them, like, a little bit of warm-up period, too. And yeah, well, I mean, there'd be a lot. Like, oh, this is a computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As you're telling Bonaparte. All right. Well, that was the end of our Twitter questions. Did you have anything else? I got nothing else. Okay. I want to thank you again. If you'd like to listen to Brad each week on Below the Belt, that's on the Blowout Podcast Network. And I want to thank you once again. As always, I love talking with you. Vastly entertaining. And, Feel free uh, to stop by every c couple months or so. That's what we do, isn't it? Isn't that what uh, Tony Romo, I was trying to do Bart Rager oh, with Tony. You know that commercial? I skip them. I, I usually listen on the uh, Sports Day app, so I skip the commercials. Dude, it's, I'm not going to get into it, but. Uh, it's rough. It's very rough. Yeah. 
Although the current commercial that I heard today that just about killed me was the Subway doing the, uh, oh, what's the ASMR or whatever. Uh, what I don't understand s- that. I don't either. I know it annoys the fuck out of me, all that stuff. I can't take it. Um, at least they're not doing the one where the ladies like, and my, my friend Doris died. Like, that's morbid. I don't know. I heard on, a, that on a commercial for food, the lady's talking about, and Doris is dead. Like, what, what the fuck are you doing reminding me of the mortality of, of our existence? Totally unrelated. For a $5 foot long. That just made me think of something about inappropriate things into something. When I was in college, I worked for a, uh, a books, music store type thing. And I, I did the stocking back in the back where I would unload everything from the box truck and unbox it, put stickers on it and all that stuff. And the receiving and the manager just had a desk right there next to the bench. I worked. That's how low rent, you know, he didn't have an office and he was going over applications for uh, junior manager or assistant manager or whatever. And the shit people were putting on, and this is like 1994, 95, the people, what they put on their resumes was ridiculous. Like one lady, she had a gap for how long her history was on her employment, and she put like 1985 to 1996, socializing a small human. I think that's funny. She's doing bad. Okay, that was I, funny. Okay, yeah. that was funny. But... He's going over this one. He's like, you got to look at this. And so, number one, it had like red ink, which, you know, that's a no-no. But it was a history major. Uh-huh. And in some of his bullshit, he put a thing how he studied Nazi history. And I'm like, Man, in, no, I, in no way, shape, or form, unless you... Would that be good for a packaging shipping job or whatever? Yeah, or, yeah. or for anything. I mean, maybe if you're trying to... Get, get a, a job at school or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, or at the Holocaust Museum or something. But to be the assistant manager at a bookstore. Yeah, put World War II history. Yeah, history of not, Germany Nazi or history. something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's a little uh And I was like, what? Out of place. Yeah. If I'd had a camera phone back then, I would have uh, taken a picture of it and blurred out the name and posted it on the internet. Which... I think he probably got the idea you're supposed to make it sound fancy. Yes. And so he got as specific as possible. Yeah, and... Yeah. Uh, it's like there used to be a kids in the hall bit a long time ago where some actress is accepting an award and she's like, and I want to thank uh, God and my family and my agent and Hitler <laughs> and and her agent runs on and grabs you like you mentioned Hitler never mentioned Hitler. <laughs> well, again, it's been fun. I appreciate it. I know you were tired and I don't think it shows because. We really got into uh, some good stuff, so thanks. Hopefully, people aren't going to be too bored. People love you. All right. I guess we'll talk to you later. Adios. Adios. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I I owe this honor to so many people. I I'd like to thank I'd like to thank my friend and manager Ralph Himmelfarb. Thank you, Ralph. Um. <laughs> I'd, the producers, Sid and Marty, Sid Martinson, for having faith in me. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, I'd like to thank my director, Derek. Mm, I love you. Uh, and, 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 and I'd like to thank uh, Harold Roundhouse for his wonderful script. I'd like to thank him. I'd, I'd like to thank Hitler. And, and most of all, I'd like to thank my parents. Mom, Dad, this is for you.
<laughs> Mom, th- Dad, this is... What's wrong with everybody? You think Hitler? I never. You think Hitler? Why would I think Hitler? Hmm, why would you think Hitler? I don't know. I can't believe I thanked Hitler. We're here with Alvarez from ALS Technologies, and uh, why don't you explain what this is and what we're going to be doing? Well, this is the uh, 460 uh, Stingmore mine. It has approximately 745 caliber rubber balls in it. They'll fly out of there at about 500 feet per second. They use these uh, charges on the outside of uh, embassies uh, to uh, protect the gates from uh, people trying to break in. Looks like it's going to suck. It, it is, I promise. Fire in the hole! I'm about to like have an anxiety attack. I just can't do this one. It's just too gnarly. Dude, Knoxville is in. If he if if Knoxville goes in there, dude. I'll French kiss him. You insane? No, all you gotta do is stand there. Yeah, get killed. Look at that thing. That thing. It's just loud. It's loud. It's gonna hurt really bad, but it's just loud. You're nuts. No, 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 no. Come on, it's footage. You're nuts. Fucking assholes. Oh, you alright, man? You alright? My god. Are you crying? I think he's hurt. Do we can we get him some water? Maybe uh Shirley Temple. I don't fucking escape where I'm getting shot. They all went for my stomach. I got it in the legs worse. Those they didn't get me in the face? Man. You got it in the stomach pretty good. That was great. That was. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, I appreciate it. Hey, is this okay? Then we're good. (laughs) And world-class championship wrestling. I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Sally. Good night from Dallas, Texas.